yeah, this week has been a gut punch to anybody who felt like we could be making progress in the way that we put forward public safety that empowers particularly vulnerable communities. Um, we started working in Minneapolis about five years ago. Uh, at the time, it was like most major cities in the United States, a, a, a department that had a long history of unaccounted for violence from law enforcement targeting the most vulnerable black communities. And we tried to put uh, into place a number of things that we know work. Um, change the culture so that the culture can be accountable to the values of the community. And what we saw was small but measurable progress. We always knew with small and measurable progress that you're one tragic incident from going back to ground zero. But the events of the last week and a half haven't brought us back to ground zero. They've torched ground zero and we've dug a hole that we have to dig ourselves out of. What I hear from police chiefs who call me, from activists I talk to, from folks in, in the communities that are on, literally on fire right now, I hear folks saying, I had one activist say to me, that the pain that he was feeling was too large to fit into his body. And without thinking about it, I said right back, that's because it's too large to fit into a lifetime. What we're seeing isn't just the response to one gruesome, cruel, public execution, a, a lynching. It's not just the reaction to three of them, Ahmaud Arbery, Breonna Taylor, um, <clears throat> and then George Floyd. What we're seeing is the bill come due for the unpaid debts that this country owes to its black residents. And it comes due usually every 20 to 30 years. It was Ferguson just six years ago, but about 30 years before that, it was in the streets of Los Angeles after the verdict that exonerated the police that beat Rodney King on video. It was Newark, it was Watts, it was Chicago, it was Tulsa, it was Chicago again. If we don't take a full accounting of these debts that are owed, then we're gonna keep paying it. Part of what I've been experiencing in the last week and a half and what I've been sharing with the people who do this work, who are serious about it, is the, the acknowledgement, the, soul-crushing reality that at some point, when things stop being on fire, the cameras are gonna to turn to something else. And the history that we have in this country is not just a history of vicious neglect and of targeted abuse of black communities, it's also one where we lose our attention for it. And what that means for communities like in Baton Rouge, where those who still grieve Alton Sterling, and in Baltimore, for those who are still grieving Freddie Gray, is that there is not just a chance, there's a likelihood that we are a month or two months out from this with no more to show for it than what we had to show after Michael Brown Jr. And holding the weight of that individually and collectively is just too much. It's just too heavy a load for a person or a people or a generation to hold up. What we're seeing is the unrepented sins, the unpaid debts. 
And so the solution can't just be that we fix policing. It can't be only incremental reform. It can't be only systems of accountability to catch cops after they've killed somebody. Because there's no such thing as justice for George Floyd. There's maybe accountability. There's maybe some relief from the people who are still around who loved him for his daughter who spoke out yesterday and said, my daddy changed the world. There won't be justice for a man who's dead when he didn't have to be. But we're not gonna get to where we need to go just by reforming police. So in addition to the work that CPE is known for with the data, we have been encouraging departments and cities to take the money that should be going to invest in communities and take it from police budgets, bring it to the communities. People ask, well, what could it possibly look like? How could we imagine it? And I tell people, there is a place where we do this in the United States right now. We've all heard about it, whispered. Some of us have even been there. Some of us live there. The place is called the suburbs, where we already have enough resources to give to people so they don't need the police for public safety in the first place. If someone has a substance abuse issue, they can go to a clinic. If somebody has a medical issue, they can go, they've got insurance, they can go to a hospital. If there's a domestic dispute, they have friends, they have support, right? You don't need to enter a badge and a gun into it. If we hadn't disinvested from all the public resources that were available in communities that most needed those, we wouldn't need police in the first place. And many have been arguing even more loudly recently that we don't. If we would just take the money that we use to punish and instead invest it in the promise and the genius of the community that could be there. So I don't know all the ways we're gonna get there. I know it's gonna take everything and. It's gonna need the kind of systemic change and the management tools that we traditionally offer. And it's also gonna need a quantum change in the way that we think about public safety. But mostly this isn't just a policing problem. This is the unpaid debts that are owed to black America. The bill is coming due. And we need to start getting an accounting together so we're not just paying off the interest of the damn thing.